Lessons in Attachment is the podcast where I am talking openly and honestly about some of the key challenges so many of us face in love, dating and relationships, especially when we relate to having an anxious and or avoidant attachment style. I'm Carly Ann, I'm a somatic practitioner with a focus on attachment and self-esteem. Driven by my own journey of doing the inner work on healing the past and becoming more secure, this podcast is where you will find top healing tips, other people's lessons in love, and a community of people just like you and just like me that are determined to break the cycle of insecure attachment. I truly believe that everyone deserves a healthy love in their lifetime. Welcome back to Lessons in Attachment. Today, we're going to be discussing why we can get stuck in certain moods, perhaps why you sulk when something happens to trigger you. And you might even really know that you've been activated. You might really know that it is over something that you don't want to be upset about. However, you feel quite stuck in this mood. So I'm Carly Ann. I'm a somatic attachment coach. Welcome if you are brand new here and if you are returning, welcome back. I really don't take it for granted that you're here. I absolutely love doing this podcast and actually we now have over a hundred episodes for you to choose between, to listen to, And I'm really excited as we go into the new year because I will be bringing back guest experts. That's how this podcast started. And I'm really excited to invite people who inspire me, who have inspired my journey and still do onto the podcast next year. So that's something that we all have to look forward to. Just before we dive into this episode, I just want to make sure that you know that 2024 inside the Attachment Recovery Gym will be looking at the fallout of attachment trauma and having an insecure attachment. Each month will be a different module. We will look at things like obsessional thinking, overthinking, worrying. We'll look at codependency, self-esteem, the difficulties that we face as adults when we have insecure attachment. So each month next year, we'll look at a different theme. And so you can go and check that out. But otherwise, let's get going with this episode. Some time ago, like this year, I put out like a reel and I put it on TikTok as well. And it got a lot of views, a lot of comments. And it was actually about times that we can get stuck in moods, triggered by something that your partner says, by a facial expression, by someone else's mood. And you feel like you can see yourself fall into this pattern of like sulking, withdrawing, and you can see it. Now, the thing about this post is that I was getting the point across that actually I'm talking about times when the other person, it's actually a seemingly innocent comment. It's not something personal, but you can't seem to escape the way that you're seeing it. So one of the misconceptions of this post that I put out was that I might be saying, just get over it. Just ignore if someone else has upset you. That's absolutely not the case. But I'm talking about if we sulk and actually 
someone if even if someone has done something to upset us that we can approach that from a secure point of view to have a conversation to discuss it what we're feeling and you know what we would like to change rather than being quiet silent sulking and of course on the flip side when like I say it's actually a seemingly innocent comment anyway so the reason I even put that out in the first place is because a common manifestation of people that have attachment trauma people that are presenting with insecure attachment they tend to report patterns of sulking, patterns of getting stuck in moods, patterns of being able to see themselves, patterns of wishing that they could get back on with the evening, get back on with speaking to their partner or whoever it is that they're feeling upset around, but they can't seem to do that. Maybe because they are thinking, well, how can I let them get away with it? Or they're believing their thoughts. They're believing the narrative in their mind that this person doesn't care clearly. They're upset with me. Like you can think of a time, let's say you've been on the perfect date with your partner, delightful atmosphere, the restaurant is cozy and the conversation is flowing. You're actually really immersed in the joy of this moment and you're in connection. You're in a moment with this person. However, very, very quickly and very suddenly, a comment from your partner sends this like huge jolt through your whole body. Your emotions completely shift in a second And it actually changes the course of the evening. It can be an innocent comment that gets under your skin, that triggers a core belief. Perhaps it is a casual remark about your appearance. They mention a colleague. They discuss a new plan that they have. It's about your choice of food. A topic that like hits a sensitive area for you. And the common triggers this kind of internal reaction within you. A complete storm gets kind of mixed up within you. And despite your efforts at times to even pretend that you're okay, to try and continue with an enjoyable evening, you're actually playing it over in your mind. Now, sometimes it is really obvious to the other person. They can feel it. They can feel the energy. You can feel that sudden shift in your mood. Maybe you're trying to hide it. Maybe you want them to see. Maybe they're asking, you know, what's happened, what was said, and you just feel so discontent, like, on the inside And still, perhaps you can't find the words to tell them what's really going on, probably because of your experiences around communication, around self-expression, how you feel safe, how you've learned to communicate. But you might find yourself saying nothing, I'm fine, when it's written all over your face and within this energy that you're not fine. And like I say, whatever's come from the other person Ideally, what we want to be able to do, right, is communicate in these moments or at times to be able to shift back into that connection state that we've actually shifted out of and got stuck in a defensive state. So we're stuck in our heads thinking, why would they say that? What did they mean? They don't love me. They obviously don't care about me. Obviously, they like someone else. They're leaving. And like I say, the other person feels that energy shift possibly even looks at you with that concern, like they know that they've said something. It's really going to depend on the relationship. It's really going to depend 
on the other person. But we're often really caught off guard and kind of torn between acknowledging our true feelings in this moment and also maintaining that we're fine, we're okay, there's nothing going on, it's in their head, and I'm fine. But internally, we're not fine. Internally, the the night is over, and maybe externally as well. On the one hand, you probably are recognizing the importance of being able to let go of like minor grievances, right? We have to do that in relationship. There's going to be moments where yeah, things are said, things are done that isn't worth it. It's not worth the battle. It's not worth the conversation sometimes. And that isn't to suppress. It's not to bury. I'm talking about long-term relationships when we're really consciously thinking, you know what, I'm actually going to let that go. I really see the meaning behind it. I really see that there's love behind it. I really see that no one's trying to hurt anyone's feelings. And I can move on from that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that happening within relationships as long as it's not kind of a reoccurring issue you're not um dismissing your needs you're not putting up with poor behavior so on that one hand it's the importance of knowing when to let go of minor grievances and this is something that people that i work with people that listen to this podcast can really really struggle with to be able to shift back to another state, to be able to shift back to being grounded, shift back to being calm. Once triggered, you can really get stuck in that state and it can just kind of spiral. So yes, we have this idea of wanting to be able to move past it, wanting to be able to let go, not letting this overshadow the evening. On the other hand, you feel stuck, you feel unable to shake off the impact of whatever it is that's happened. And it can feel near impossible to return to that kind of carefree atmosphere that was happening like moments ago. Now, this is the kind of scenario that you really might be able to relate to. You might recognize being triggered by these seemingly innocent comments, not being able to move on, not being able to address it when appropriate, and striking the balance between like addressing concerns and choosing an appropriate moment, that can become the challenge, all while maintaining a connection, you know, that allows genuine communication, that even allows you to feel triggered by this, that allows you to be able to self-reflect first and recognize what is happening for me in this moment, that I'm feeling this way, that I'm feeling stuck. And in such scenarios, it's really crucial to recognize the internal struggle, to acknowledge the impact that these triggers can have on us and really assess whether this feels appropriate to the situation or proportionate, that's the word. Does it feel proportionate to the situation? Is this something that happens regularly? Are you seeing that you get stuck in certain moods quite easily? Is it true for you that communicating through these moments is really, really hard or letting go is really, really hard? I definitely remember more than one time with my partner when this has happened and I might feel triggered in a moment by something that, yeah, it's like, 
triggered something in me, triggered my insecurity. And I'm really in a place now where I can recognize this. And it's not about taking all the responsibility. I can recognize when this is my insecurity. And I don't need to place that anywhere else. I know what's happening within me. I've done enough inner work. And in those moments, I have known that I have a habit a past habit of getting stuck in a certain mood and that my communication style would be to shut down, to sulk, to make it clear that I'm upset without saying anything. And that's really difficult for everyone involved. And through practicing a lot of somatic work, through practicing communication, through practicing secure skills, it really helps me to connect to my feelings, to my physical sensations in that moment And also one of the things that has changed my whole life is teaching myself with practice and over time to be able to shift back into that state of connection, into a soothed state, to self-reflect in the moment and recognize the reality of the situation before my insecure thoughts can take over. And that means that instead of letting the mood linger, I can take a step back consider other perspectives and really think about how do I want to move forward? How do I, when I go to bed tonight, how do I want to be feeling about this situation? When I wake up in the morning, what am I going to look back at and like think about this? Because that's one of the things, right? With these kind of moments that I'm talking about after a sleep, when we've come back to ourselves, that can feel awful we can get trapped in that shame cycle beating ourselves up we can suddenly see things a bit clearer we really recognize um, that we were activated that we were triggered and there's some there's a whole other thing to deal with then Uh, you know these days I choose as much as possible not to drag things out it's almost like punishment otherwise and one of the things I really wanted to change in my response was to be able to be balanced to be able to take on both of our views without that whole body feeling taking over and almost like uh, paralyzing me in those moments and that's taken a lot of work it's taken a lot of practice it's really taken me to get to know my body. And that's very much that somatic side of things. You know, you might even be wondering, well, why does this happen? And I think there's various reasons for this. You know, one fallout of attachment and abandonment trauma is knowing how to deal with these moments when we're adults to be able to regulate ourselves, to be able to recognize when our thoughts are becoming quite distorted. So there's so many different reasons why we might struggle with that and why we might have this consequence of insecure attachment. The fear of rejection, fear of abandonment, if I express myself, the reason we sulk is because, well, one of the reasons we might sulk is because to say this out loud, to say this to you, to risk upsetting you, to risk seeming too much, to to express using my voice, that might feel really, really challenging. Communicating in that way can really activate that fear of rejection and abandonment. Of course, ignoring the fact that sulking isn't going to be helping the situation anyway. As I said, we might have limited emotional regulation skills. 
insecurely attached individuals often struggle to shift from those moods like I was saying and so we stay in a prolonged emotional state and actually one of the modules that we're going to be looking at inside the attachment recovery gym next year will be emotion regulation so there will be a whole module on that Another reason is your coping skills. So instead of seeking support, instead of addressing our emotions, instead of knowing how to communicate with ourselves, we actually cope with distress. We actually cope with difficult emotions through withdrawing, through shutting down. And that is when perhaps it feels like our throat chakra is just not working. It's blocked off. Movement communication sharing we almost like shut down physically and emotionally and you know not to mention if this is a pattern that you witnessed in your earlier years negative moods for example if they were a common response to unmet needs or emotional distress then we may unconsciously replicate these patterns in adulthood and you know breaking free from these ingrained responses that can be a huge part of us moving towards secure. Take some time, you know, to think about what happens for you in these moments. If I had to say one of, I mean, there's plenty of things I really think can help when it comes to being able to, like, put ourselves in the perspective of someone else to just kind of check in with reality of the situation And also to be able to start to share our voice and to be able to shift moods. There's certain things that I think are particularly useful. And for me, one of the things that I always encourage for people to be doing is actually to be intentionally shifting states, to be really conscious as you move through your day of what state you're in. Are you in a defense state? How are you feeling? Are you feeling quite content? As we transition through our day, sometimes we're going to be stressed. Sometimes we're going to feel good and open and expansive. Our moods and our physical states, our nervous system state, it shifts throughout the day. And the more that we can recognize that, the more control that's going to give us to be able to intentionally shift states. Thinking of that, really being conscious about choosing you know, grounding exercises, somatic practices that actually do help you to move between like titrating between a triggered state and a soothed state, that itself can be really, really powerful. In lots of meditations that I do and lots of visualizations, I would intentionally be moving people between different states. And, you know, when you're having coaching, when you're having therapy, particularly with a somatic coach, this is something they will intentionally be doing with you in a really safe way, just to help you get used to moving intentionally between states so that when it happens in real time, you'll be more likely to be able to shift back. That's certainly something that's happened for me. Having a toolbox for yourself of grounding techniques of being able to come home to your body, to be able to create space in your body, that's really, really key for being able to recognize our thoughts, to be able to think clearer. How our body is, the state of our body, you know, it's openness or expansiveness versus if we're contracted 
that really alters the way that we think. It alters whether we're thinking clearly. And so I really feel like having a toolbox that can help you come to the moment, that can help you soothe, that's going to help you to be able to pull back, think a little bit clearer. Sometimes that's all we need in that moment is to think a little bit clearer. And not to mention another tip, and this they all come with lots of practice. They all take so much conscious effort. We really, really have to try. And, and for those of you that I know are on this journey and committed, I know that you can do this. Just don't give up trying, even if there's times that it doesn't work out. But something else that can be really useful is in that moment is to act the opposite to what you're used to. So if you're used to sulking, if you're used to withdrawing, if you're used to leaving the room, not that it, it can be good to leave the room, of course, to go and um, kind of shift back into a more social state. I, I can actually back that up, but not if it's coming from like punishment or something like that, but to act the opposite. So lean into love, lean into touch. You know, it might be laughing if your partner makes a joke, allow yourself to laugh, allow yourself to talk about something else. If your partner or whoever it is, is trying to connect with you again, your instinct is going to be to reject that, to pull away. See if any way, even 1%, you can lean in, get eye contact, see them, see the person in front of you, because sometimes we become really disconnected to that. Based on what we've spoken about today, really looking at getting stuck in certain moods, I wonder if you have any inner knowing of what would be useful for you moving forward. Like I said, for those of you interested, the Attachment Recovery Gym, we have a whole thing going on next year, looking at the fallout of attachment trauma, of insecure attachment wounds, and really looking at how that affects us as adults and how as adults, we can support ourselves with these different difficulties. There's actually um, the previous episodes will literally share with you the consequences there's 12 that i'll be covering that you can go and have a listen to if you're interested or head over to the website for the attachment recovery gym and you can check it out there but thank you so much for being here i hope you can take even just a little gem away from this if you're not already come and follow me over on instagram carly.an underscore I will be talking more about this topic throughout the week so you can join in the conversation there and I will be back here again soon.